Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Hot Happy Mess. Celebrate your magic in the middle of life's messes. Happy mess. I'm Zuri Hall, and this is Hot, Hot Happy, Happy Mess. Oh, shoot. <laughs> I still love our theme song. It's been almost a year, and I still love it. Um, what's up, guys? Hey, hello again. It's me, Zuri. First name Zuri, last name Hall. New dog mom. Baby girl's name Lola. Middle name Jolie. What's up? Uh, this is Hot Happy Mess, and it's time for a solo episode. I'm sorry. I apologize for that. Um, it's time for a solo episode. I told you in last week's episode that we were overdue for a catch up, just a little one on one, some you and me time. I've got another solo episode coming where I'm going to get into some of what's been going on lately in my life and and some of the things I've been working on, my epiphanies, my personal growth, my personal backpedaling. And like, you know, sometimes it feels like for every step we take forward, we take two. Wait, no, not that. (laughs) For every two steps we take forward, we take one back. I'm not going backwards, but it sometimes feels like you're going forward slightly slower because of the progress and then the, um, and then the trip ups. So I'm going to open up about that pretty soon here because I'm really excited, actually. That's an interesting word to use for, for, you know, trials and tribulations and challenges, but I am, I'm excited to open up with y'all about that because that's good and that's important. And that's what hot happy mess is all about is keeping it real about all of that stuff. Uh, the women who come on the show, uh, do that. I do that. And I want to continue to do that. So stay tuned. But today we're getting super real about a thing that I am currently seriously considering. You can tell by the title alone We're talking about fertility. We're talking about egg freezing. And 
as I mentioned in last week's episode, uh, these are standalone. It's not like a series. So you'll get like random episodes in no particular order. So just last week, we had a really amazing conversation about alternative paths to motherhood. Um, a beautiful, very, very kind and strong woman named Josephine gave her experience with IVF, with surrogacy and adoption. Okay, y'all? Triple threat right there. She's done them all successfully. So if you're interested in learning more about um, those alternative paths to motherhood, uh, go check out last week's episode. But if you're interested in phrasing them eggs, if you're thinking about, you know, how to buy yourself some time, cover your bases. This episode is definitely for you. I am going to get into what the heck it is, what egg freezing is, my personal journey, why I am seriously considering doing this at this point in my life. I'm not completely sold. I'm kind of learning as I go. I'm figuring it out too, so we can figure it out together. I'm going to drop some amazing resources for you, some facts, some figures you dig to kind of just help you figure out where you might be in the process, if it's too soon or too late to be thinking about this, um, and what to do if you want to take that first step into the egg freezing journey. And then I'm going to end with some totally unrelated, but really fun questions that a few of you submitted for this week's Ask Zuri segment. We've got someone who is trying to date in her 30s without using the apps. She is not here for the apps. So I'm going to drop some gems, tell her how it worked for me, what I did when I was burnt out on the apps or didn't want to talk to a bunch of random strangers on a platform that I hated or barely utilized. And... Uh, We're going to talk about how to move past fear to achieve your wildest career dreams. There's a woman who's feeling a little bit stuck and a little bit scared, but wanting to go after her career goals. And someone wants to know, what are your thoughts on connecting with someone that you share a mutual ex-boyfriend with? Ooh, y'all messy. Y'all trying to be messy. I've got an answer. Um, Also, a couple of people asking, am I single again? And by a couple of people, quite a few people, um, sound the alarm. (laughs) I am finally going to answer that question in the way that I want to answer it. So it's better than nothing, okay? All right, stay tuned. But here we go. Let's kick it off with egg freezing. Let's talk about it. So disclaimer, I am no expert, but I'm sharing what I know and what I'm learning in the hopes that it might give you a little insight if you're interested, okay? But I do encourage you to do your own due diligence, uh, follow up, fact check, dig into the resources yourself. Um, And no matter where in the journey you are, no matter what the journey is that you're on currently, whatever your concerns or your questions or your successes in this space of motherhood or potential motherhood or fertility, uh, just know you are not alone. I promise that, you know, we often feel it because we so rarely share it. We rarely share what each of us is going through. But I've had some really amazing experiences, especially in the last month or so that I can't wait to share with you, um, where sisterhood has always been something that was important to me. I've had the same best friends for so long, but also making new sisters and new friendships and through opening up to and with those women, I realized, holy crap, you really aren't alone. We are not that special. And I mean that in a good way, in a, a comforting way. As I shared my stories and my struggles with these other really strong women who are also uh, being super vulnerable and admitting to and confessing their weak moments, I realized we are all carrying something. 
So uh, let's carry it together. If you hear random weird noises, that's Lola in the background playing with a, a water bottle top that's really big so she can't swallow it. I'm not stressed, but she's on one right now. I'm just going to let her be great. So there's that. So anyways, back to egg freezing. Uh, Hot Happy Mess is all about candid conversations, right? We keep it real on this podcast. We talk about it all. And I personally feel a responsibility. It's it's a part of my life's work and my life's mission to encourage these sorts of conversations that traditionally have been sort of shrouded in secrecy or mystery or shame because the easiest way to the other side is through it. And it's easiest to get through it with other people. Gabrielle Union, actually, she gave this really awesome, really empowering quote a a while back. This was probably back in 2017. Um, And she was talking about struggling with the IVF process for like three years at the time and multiple miscarriages. I highly recommend you guys check out her, her books. She has two now, two memoirs. She really goes into detail on her fertility struggles and her journey to motherhood. But she was saying, and I quote, I'm in the rooms with the women and there is such a shroud of secrecy and shame. I mean, there's back entrances. There are people who will come get you from your car with an umbrella. The idea of being found out, like going to a fertility doctor. Oh, my God. The jig is up. People are thinking she married this young guy and her shit doesn't work. Oh, and he had that baby with somebody else. Ah, Bet it really hurts. That kind of ish. I'd rather be the guinea pig and speak about the process to demystify it. If you're going to stick a microphone in my face, I might as well save at least a few of us if I can. Amen to that, Gabby. Snaps. Coffee house snaps all around. She's so right. And that's one thing that I really admire about her is how real she demands keeping it when it comes to her struggles in this area. Um, And she's found success, right? She just had her her baby girl a while back now, shady baby. (laughs) And it's so awesome to see her win in that way and see her step into that role uh, because she's been so open and transparent with the struggles that it took to get there. So eggs, let's talk about eggs, baby. We are born with all the eggs that we're ever going to have, about 2 million, allegedly accordingly. Now, by the time we reach our first period, Uh, They say we're already down to about 300,000 to 400,000 eggs, which honestly is BS because I'm like, how y'all going to waste half my eggs? More than half. I'm I'm not really into a a numbers mood. What is that? More than half, like 60%, 70% of my eggs? A lot, okay? Before I even got a cycle. Like, that's just disrespectful. It's selfish. The universe isn't fair sometimes. But from there, (laughs) whether we're on birth control and actually bleed or not, we lose up to a thousand eggs every month, which is crazy to wrap my mind around because we only drop one egg every menstrual cycle, right? Is that fake news? I'm not tripping, right? I sound so ignorant right now, but it's just because I can't fathom that we're losing like a thousand of our homies every month when we need these bad boys, okay? So take solace in the fact that They're dropping like flies for all of us. Uh, Now, they say female fertility starts to decline around age 35, but egg freezing allows women to preserve higher quality and younger eggs for use later on to try and get pregnant. So why might you do it, right? If if you're thinking like, I don't know, I'm on the fence. Like, is it for me? Is it not? Uh, One reason is if you're not ready for kids right now and you maybe want to consider that option in the future, but you want to preserve healthy eggs now. So that once you're older, 
um, you can activate the, the healthy eggs and get those bad boys moving to hopefully make the process of fertilization and pregnancy more viable. Uh, that's where I am. That's me. This is me. This is my reason, my option, right? I, I love my career. I am in the thick of it. I am at a point where like, I've had some really cool, really exciting epiphanies where I'm excited. I'm ready for that next chapter. I'm not in a rush to get to it, though. I feel like when the time is right, um, it will happen. But I'm ready. Like emotionally and mentally, I'm in a place where that's something that I'm very much looking forward to doing. I've always wanted a family. I've always wanted kids. Um, And I'm excited. Like I'm as ready as I'm ever going to be, which really isn't saying much. But some of these things, you're not ready until it happens. You just get ready, right? So that option, number one, elective egg freezing is a way to take those steps forward, to be proactive when we're planning for our future families at a pace that we actually want uh, to go at, okay? Another reason that you might be considering it, uh, maybe you have family history uh, that you know suggests there are fertility issues or conditions that might impact your fertility. You know, maybe it's early menopause or a genetic mutation like BRCA. I think they call, I think they pronounce it is it the BRCA gene, which can predispose you to developing breast and ovarian cancer, and potentially removing your ovaries is a thing that you might want to do. Um, at a doctor's recommendation. Um, and so therefore freezing your eggs ahead of that is something to seriously consider. Low AMH, anti-Malarian hormone. I think I'm pronouncing Malarian right, um, but it's M-U-L-L-E-R-I-A-N. And since AMH declines over time, if you already are living with low AMH, it means over time you'll have fewer eggs to retrieve and freeze. So it might be a good reason to get ahead of that. And then other health conditions, you know, cancer that requires chemotherapy or radiation, surgery that could damage your ovaries, a lot of reasons, a lot of various health reasons. Um, And then also, again, just maybe wanting to buy yourself some time and feel like you are empowering yourself to go at the speed that you want to instead of racing against your biological clock, which really sucks for us. Like, it's just so unfair that we women are the ones who have to carry this biological burden. And dudes are popping out babies at like 80 and they don't even have to pop them out. They just get to have a really good night and then say what's up nine months later. Okay, so egg freezing, what is it? According to the Mayo Clinic, egg freezing, also known as mature oocyte cryopreservation, I haven't been in science class in a long time, long time, is a method used to save women's ability to get pregnant in the future. Eggs harvested from our ovaries are frozen, unfertilized, and stored for later use. A frozen egg can be thawed, combined with sperm in a lab, and implanted into your uterus, which is known as in vitro fertilization or IVF, which we hear a lot about. And the Mayo Clinic continues by saying that your doctor can help you understand how egg freezing works, the potential risks, and whether this method of fertility preservation is right for you based on your needs and your reproductive history. So I was really excited to kind of dive into this process and also a little bit overwhelmed because I've heard from friends who are like, oh, you take these shots. And some people are like, oh, it's so easy and fine. And like, I don't regret it at all. And then another acquaintance of mine was like, oh my gosh, the hormones, I was a raging bee and it was just exhausting and it was physically taxing. And I was like, I don't know what to believe. I don't know what to believe. I don't know what's true. I'm stressed. 
I'm just going to go hide in my closet now. But according to progeny.com, P-R-O-G-Y-N-Y.com, they say to freeze your eggs, your fertility doctor prescribes medications so that it can stimulate your ovaries so that you can produce multiple mature eggs. And then you self-administer these medications for about nine to 12 days. And during that time, that like week and a half to almost two weeks, you have to frequently have monitoring appointments to evaluate how you're responding to the medications, right? The size and number of maturing follicles, which are these fluid-filled sacs containing an egg, and your hormone levels. And then once your eggs are mature, you give yourself a trigger shot at a precise time, which is usually about 36 to 37 hours before your retrieval procedure, which is obviously when they retrieve the egg, right? So that shot finalizes the maturation process. And then you're sedated, they put you under, and your doctor uses a transvaginal ultrasound with a guided needle to aspirate each mature follicle. It sounds like a lot because it is a lot, but Surprisingly, the whole process takes like 15 to 30 minutes, and then most women go home like a few hours following the procedure. So the eggs are then assessed, and all mature eggs are frozen through vitrification. Vitrification. Did I say it right? You tell me. At the end of the day, what matters is you get what I'm trying to say. It's a flash freezing process. And progeny.com also flags that you have to remember, we all have to remember that while egg freezing is a safeguard against time, there's not really a guarantee that freezing your eggs will result in a successful pregnancy in the future, uh, which is kind of tough to reconcile, especially when you're putting in all that time, that energy, that money, um, emotionally you're drained potentially. And there's still no promise of success, but I also feel like that's how it is with most things in life worth having. You know, you don't necessarily get promised the the promotion or the dream job or the Emmy or the awesome husband when you take that step into whatever the path is you want for yourself. You just have to take that first step in faith and hope it works out for the best. So no guarantees for anything. And that includes egg freezing. So I want to get a little personal now. For me, when it comes to this egg freezing journey, like I said, I haven't started the process. I've been doing my research, which is why I was so excited to and inspired to have this episode because I'm learning. I'm trying to figure out if it makes sense for me. I'm 33. Um, I feel I am (laughs) so young, but it's like I don't want to look up and realize I should have thought about this a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. And so that's when you want to do it. You want to think about this stuff before it's too late, before you desperately need these healthy eggs, right? So that's why I'm thinking about it. Um, For me, it just equates to empowerment. It means empowerment. And that's what I'm all about is empowering myself and other women, the women around me, to do what makes the most sense for our lives. And I'd rather put in a little bit more heavy lifting now than to put in five times more heavy lifting later because that goes right into the concept of best life minus the burnout, which is what I came up with to describe this podcast, to describe how I want to live my life, how I hope you'll live your life. And I just want you to know there is nothing 
nothing, nothing, nothing to be ashamed of. I'm actually really proud of myself and the women in my life who are taking the reins and taking control of their fertility journeys uh, by getting ahead of it and being proactive. And if you haven't done that, there's no shame in that either. We're so busy living our lives. We have so many responsibilities, so many people to show up for, including ourselves. Um, So just know that if you're here today and listening to this, that in itself is a step in hopefully the right direction if this is something that you want for your life. I personally had so many plans, so many plans for my life. Uh, LOL was the LOL plan as written by Zuri Hall circa 1999. She was a young thing who just was like, oh, everything's just going to work out exactly how I want. I'll crush my career in my early 20s. And I was going to be married by 25 because I was going to wait a little while. Ha. Like me waiting was getting married at 25. All my kids were going to be popped out and super well behaved by the time I was 30. L-M-A-O. I'm 33, like I just said. And only one of those things is currently happening. And even that's a relative. <laughs> okay. Um, But I say all that to say life really goes as planned. We know that. In my late 20s, I had left a relationship that I was in that I didn't want to be in anymore, that I hadn't wanted to be in for a while. And post-breakup, I started to seriously think about it. I started seriously weighing my options. And I wanted to freeze in. And Lord Jesus, oh my God, I wish I did. Because at the time, I was technically a corporate employee, even though I was hosting on television. And those benefits, bro... When I tell you they were going to pay, oh my God, I don't even want to say it out loud because I'm about to shed a tear when I think about all the money I would have saved. They would have covered my egg retrieval process. I'm pretty sure like 100%, something crazy, or like 80% minimum. And then they would have split the cost of storage with me, which is insane once I tell you how much this process can cost because we're talking tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars, all right? And I procrastinated. I did not do it. I kept saying, I called, I I got on the hotlines, I figured out what my benefits package allowed and how I would start the process. And then I just didn't do it. I'm not going to lie. I just never got around to it. I put it off long enough that I forgot about it. And I was still young enough that I was like, eh, you know, the next guy, like once I get into a serious relationship, I'll probably be waiting until it's someone that I could see a long-term future with and, you know, a lifetime of partnership and marriage and kids. So whatever. I think I just didn't take it seriously enough at the time. Now I wish I'd done it just because financially it was going to come at such a minimal cost to me. I'm done. Damn. The more I think about it. Okay. Oh, well, let's pour some out. Let's pour a shout out for the homies I could have frozen (laughs) a few years ago. You live, you learn, right? Um, But, you know, I was at that point where I was about to turn 30. I was super excited. I was living my life. I felt like I was dating intentionally for the first time. But I also had in the back of my mind, like, oh, my God, am I going to be the old childless cat lady who, like, dies alone? Because I would much rather be, like, the single rich auntie who's always away on some mysterious trip. But you see her, like, once a year for Christmas and she hooks it up each time on the gift front. But really, I'm not trying to be either. So eggs. (laughs) Maybe I'm going to freeze them. Maybe not. We'll see. But either way, now I've got to pay out of pocket and it's not cheap. So let's talk about the average cost of egg freezing, right? 
I was checking out fertilityiq.com, which I recommend you check out. They have courses where you can learn about this stuff, learn about um, different uh, fertility topics, and they have a breakdown of the likely cost. Obviously, this all varies based on your situation, your health, um, your reproductive history, your uh, the city you live in. But they say that on average, egg freezing patients will spend thirty to forty thousand dollars on treatment and storage, which is not a little bit of money, y'all. Like that is not lost on me. It's it's really a place of privilege to even be able to consider doing something like this if your job or your benefits package won't cover most of it. Um, But Fertility IQ says that that number that they landed at consists of two major drivers. It could be a little less, but the two drivers for them, they say, are the $15,000 to $20,000 cost per cycle and the number of cycles each woman undergoes. And on average, apparently, it's about 2.1 cycles. I don't know how you have a 0.1 cycle. Either you have a cycle or you don't. I'm no doctor. They continue. The simplified cost of a single egg freezing cycle is the treatment, which is approximately $11,000. That includes monitoring, egg retrieval, anesthesia, and et cetera, other things. Then you have your medication, which averages about 5K, and that's going to vary depending on how aggressive the patient is stimulated. (laughs) Lola is still going to town with this bottle cap. And then lastly, storage, which is approximately 2000 bucks, And they're presuming five years of storage with the first year free and then $500 per year after. Because, yes, you do have to pay to keep these eggs frozen and safely stored. And there's a big difference based on, you know, city by city breakdowns and regions. The most expensive area or region is, drumroll please, sad drumroll, sad drumroll, New York. Is anyone surprised? Everything's there. A Big Mac is like $30. I used to live there. It was very depressing. Um, $17,773. That's the average cost per cycle for egg freezing in New York. San Francisco, $15,600. LA, $14,850. And then they worked their way down. Chicago, Boston, New Jersey, Seattle, Atlanta, is about $16,550 to do this for one cycle in Atlanta. And then the average is about $15,991. So let's say the average is about $16,000 for one egg freezing cycle. And apparently women elect to do more than two egg freezing cycles, um, which is understandable because if you're going to do it, you want to make sure that you're getting it right. It's better to have more and not need it than the reverse. So, you know, you hear those costs and you're like, oh, my goodness, is this even worth it? Which, again, is something that I'm on, I'm on the fence with figuring out because I'm like, well, shoot, what if I just, you know, seal the deal, move into that next phase of life the next few years and try to pop a couple out naturally and I can just avoid all this. I can spend all that money on the strollers and the diapers and the food and the private school tuition, God willing. Oh, Right. Um, there's a really good article that I was reading on modernfertility.com about the costs of egg freezing. It's written by Rachel Sanoff, and I highly recommend you check out the full article. It's so extensive. She did a really great job with putting it all together. Uh, but it mentioned that one 2017 study looked at like 520 people with presumed average ovarian reserves for their age who had undergone egg retrieval. And they found that for women ages 36 and under, okay, 
So I fall into that category technically, not technically, definitely. About 14 mature eggs on average were retrieved. For ages 37 to 39, about 10 mature eggs were retrieved on average. 40 to 42, the age 40 to 42, about nine mature eggs. And for ages 43 and above, about seven mature eggs on average were retrieved. So you start to really see that number decline. It almost halves if you wait, you know, seven years. If you're 36 and you're thinking about it and then decide to finally pull the plug seven years later, that's like half of the mature eggs that you probably would have retrieved if you just started seven years before that. Which begs the question, how many retrieved eggs is enough, right? Do you need 14? Maybe I only need two. Well, the more that you freeze, you know, obviously that increases the chances of one retrieved egg eventually resulting in a live birth. Um, they say that there's no right number for how many eggs are retrieved. Uh, the number that will more likely result in a live birth also has a lot to do with age. So it's not just about how many mature eggs you're retrieving. It's about how old you are, what your age is when you decide to attempt to fertilize an egg. Some younger than 35 have about a 70% chance of a live birth if they freeze nine or more mature eggs, which is great news. And then people in their early 40s may need to freeze significantly more eggs. They're talking 28 or more for that same 70% chance of a live birth. So my big takeaway from that information is the sooner you do it, the less eggs you have to freeze, which means the less cycles you have to go through which means the more money you save, which is, again, why I'm like, maybe I just do it. Better safe than sorry. So that's just kind of some of the big facts and figures, like the big picture um, thoughts, uh, my opinion on it. I highly encourage you to just dig a little bit. Uh-oh, Lola, are you about to pee? Why are you walking in circles? Hmm? I'm going to put you on my lap so that you don't pee. But then I'm also like, are you just going to pee on me? Hi, puppy. Do you want to come be on the podcast? She never barks, you guys. So I can't. <laughs> hi, baby girl. So I can't um get her to say hi to you because she's just so quiet and fluffy. Okay, sorry. Got distracted. So anyways, egg freezing. Yay. If you guys want to check out more platforms or resources or articles, um, you can check out kindbody.com. They're all millennial aesthetic on the website, but they offer fertility assessments that are covered by most major insurance plans. It also includes fertility hormone testing, ultrasound, and a one-on-one -on -one consultation. And then also modernfertility.com. I've found that they have a lot of really thorough, really smart, well-written articles, but they're also super conversational and easy to process. So that's more like blog vibes. And I really like that. So when I'm just browsing and just curious in a general way about a ton of different fertility questions, that's a really great place to go uh, for information. And not just with egg freezing, but like so many other topics in this in this this bubble of fertility and pregnancy and motherhood. And then also you can check out fertilityiq.com. They actually have a database where you can find local fertility clinics and doctors near you because, again, I highly encourage you check it out on the local level in person with a professional, with a medical specialist who can you know, help guide you based on who you are, what your wants are, and what your situation is. So I hope you enjoyed that you know, short and sweet toe in the water 
of egg freezing. I'll keep you updated as I continue to learn more and decide, you know, if this is a journey that I'm going to take or not. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a really important conversation. I'm curious to know, is it something you're thinking about? How has your experience been? If you've done it or you're currently doing it, like, please slide in my DMs. Let me know. Hit me up at Zuri Hall or at Happy Mess. Um, just so I can kind of figure out where you are right now in the process. Maybe share your story if you want me to, if there's anything you'd love to tell the ladies uh, who are listening to Hot Happy Mess. You can even go to hothappymess.com and now you can leave me voice notes and I can just like straight up feature it in a future episode. So if you've got some gems to drop, maybe not just on egg freezing, but fertility in general, motherhood, pregnancy in general, just go to the website and leave me a voice note And um, I can air it in a future episode. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. All right. So I promised you Ask Zuri is coming. I've got some listener submitted questions in just a second. But first, a quick review. At SC Jones says, just what I needed to hear. I'm currently job hunting and this show helps me understand the importance of self-confidence and negotiating before you take a new job offer. I've always struggled with negotiations, but the tips have given me the confidence to ask for more, especially because I know I deserve it. Salary.com has become my new best friend. Love this podcast and love everything you're doing for young black women. Thanks, Z, with a heart emoji. You're welcome. I'm so glad that it's it's moving the needle for you and that happy mess is pouring into you and helping empower you to live the life that you want. So go for it, girl. I'm wishing you the best of luck on your career journey. Ask for that raise. Get them coins. Um, and thank you for leaving a review if you listening want to support the podcast 
uh, the easiest and cheapest way to do it, and by cheap I mean completely free, three ninety nine, is to just go to Apple Podcasts, type in Hot Happy Mess, scroll down, and leave a five-star review. Just a couple sentences and five stars really moves the needle. It helps, you know, show the powers that be that we're doing the damn thing and that you're loving it so we can keep creating this awesome content for you. So now we're going to get into Ask the Dirty. As I always say, this is not professional advice. Well, I am a professional in the world, but not in the, the world of giving advice. So don't sue me. <laughs> but here is our first question. Kira Perso, I think if it's French or Persaud, uh, she says, fear is stopping me from pursuing my dream career. How do I leave the fear behind? Uh, I have two books you should check out, Kira. One is called Year of Yes, How to Dance It Out, Stand in the Sun, and Be Your Own Person. Shonda Rhimes wrote it, obviously, of Grey's Anatomy fame and Scandal fame. The book was a national bestseller. And also, she executive produced How to Get Away with Murder. Uh, but I read this book, and I started practicing that the year that I was turning 30, when I was, like, newly single, right? I was telling you that earlier in this episode. And she basically was just doing like little vignettes, little personal essays about how saying yes changed her life. And so I started doing that. I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna start saying yes. Or maybe my gut would have said no before, or I just felt like, oh, a yes is too hard. It'll just be easier to say no, because then I don't have to figure out how to do this. Um, and the reason I say that you might be like, okay, well, I'm talking about my dream career. Like, that's a life thing. But your career is just one part of your life. And it's all so much bigger than our careers. I have personally found that showing up for myself in my everyday life and my personal life has a trickle down effect. Right. So my year of yes personally changed my life in the biggest ways and just trickle down into my career to where I was saying yes more in the office spaces. I would take on projects that were maybe a little bit different or unique or challenging compared to what I was used to. I was saying yes to walking into my boss's office and asking for something that normally I would hesitate to ask for because I felt like the answer was going to be no. And the wild part is the universe was meeting me. The universe was like, all right, all you have to do is ask. All you had to do is say yes. And I'm like, wait, what? I've been sleeping on the universe. I've been sleeping on this word called yes. One of the things I remember, I um, I had a couple moments. There was this one time, one of my best friends uh, was with me in the car. And there was this really hot guy sitting on a bench. And I was like peak single, right, um, at this time. And we were like making eyes. And me and my friend were crossing the street. And he was like staring into my soul, like the back of my skull, basically. And vice versa. And I never make crazy eye contact like that. Normally, if I like you, you'll think I hate you because I'm not going to look at you or acknowledge your presence. But he was super hot and we had this like intangible chemistry, even though we hadn't even talked to each other. So we're exchanging. I go into the store with my friend. I come back out. He's still there. He's still making eyes at me. So I get in the car with her and she's like, girl, just pull up and say something to him. And I was like, no, that's weird. Like, I'm not saying anything. No, no, no. Right. No. What I would typically do, just look at him and then walk away and be like, dang, I should have talked to that guy and never do it. So we're driving and we drive past the bench and I slow down and we like kind of exchange eyes again. So this is already more yes than I've ever done. But I still drive up to the stop sign to start to turn. And then something in me is just like, I'm not gonna turn yet. So I'm just stopped, like parked at this stop sign. I'm pretty sure there's a car behind me like honking politely, like, yo, can you move? And something in me was just like, not allowing me to turn. It was like, Jury, you said you were saying yes this year, deep down this is feeling like you're about to say no. 
And so he got up from the bench and he walked up to my car. So we walked up to the passenger side where my best friend was sitting and I rolled down the window and he's like, hi. <laughs> and I'm like, hi. And my best friend is just like, do you want to go to the other side of the window? Cause I'm not trying to be in the middle of this. She didn't say that. But so we're talking back and forth across from her. And long story short, we end up exchanging information. I end up going on a date with him like that night or the night after. And then we hang out a couple more times. And then it ended up being a great, fun little few months of rendezvous. <laughs> it was a nice little um, fling. <laughs> so it was it was great. And then once I was like, yeah, I think I'm over this. Then I was over it. And I just, you know. It was like, thank you for the memories and the fun stories and all the, the exciting times because we had a plenty. And I just moved on with my life. But I have those memories for the rest of my life. And they're really good ones. And it wouldn't have happened if I said no, like I typically do. So that was the time I met a hot guy on a bench in West Hollywood. There was the other time when I said yes to flying to Burning Man with some friends that I had just met like a month before. <laughs> and I was like, my boss is not going to let me off. She's not going to let me go to Burning Man. And then I was like, here of yes. So I walked into the office and I was like, hey, boss, I know you're going to say no to this, but can I go to Burning Man in two weeks? I need four days off and I'm going to fly to the desert to do God knows what and have fun with these people I just met a month ago. And she was like, let me get back to you on that. And I was like, that's a no. Two hours later, she was like, have fun. And I'm like, wait, what? And then I turned up in Burning Man. It was a life-changing experience. Maybe we'll talk about that some other time. So anyways, all that to say, say yes. It trickles down from your personal life to your home life, to your family and friends, and definitely to your career. Um, another book that you should check out is called You Are a Badass, How to Stop Doubting Your Greatness and Start Living an Awesome Life. It's by Jen Sincero, and it is a bestseller. Um, and then finally... I would recommend you get a career coach or a life coach or a therapist, someone to help guide you through, you know, what might be limiting beliefs. We all have stories we tell ourselves based on our past trauma, based on our past failures or successes. Um, so someone to kind of hold you accountable and also be like, no, that's a lie. Like what you're telling yourself isn't true. That's really empowering. Uh, but shout out to my best friend, Ashley, who you've probably heard in the group chat if you've heard those segments. She also has a standalone episode that I highly recommend you listen to where she talks about empowering women in the workplace. She is a corporate badass. She has been racking in six figures annually for years and years and years now. And she's only in her mid thirties, like early to mid thirties. Uh, she's a total boss, literally like VP status, killing the game. And she mentors women, particularly black women and helps us handle that very thing. Like how to stop being afraid so that we can get the the dream careers that we deserve. She goes by the promote yourself mentor on Instagram. If you're listening to this, uh, no matter what your background, no matter what your history is, if you're in the corporate space and you want to grow and you want to climb and build, uh, then definitely go check out that episode. We'll have it in the show notes. Oh, by the way, the name of that episode is The Keys to Conquer Corporate America and Get These Coins. Okay. <laughs> Um, and again, that is my best friend. Her name is Ashley Ray. She's an executive mentor for women in corporate America, and she created the Promote Yourself Mentor Experience. I just popped up on one of her virtual seminars to kind of speak to and encourage a couple of the women who are a part of her program, and she's really creating something really special. So you can also follow her on Instagram 
at the Promote Yourself Mentor. She hosts this epic nine-week program for career professionals who are at the mid-level, who are ready to kind of take it to the next level. So I highly recommend you check it out. And good luck. Good luck to you, Kira. All right, next up, Harris I says, how do you put yourself out there to men as a single, almost 30-year-old woman without dating apps? Um, well, it kind of goes into what I was saying with the year of yes. You have to literally put yourself out there. My favorite thing to do, whether I'm in a relationship or not, I've talked about this in an episode called, I think it was How to Be Single. So go back to that episode, Harris, and we'll put that one in the show notes too where I talk about how to be single and it, I, I did not rely on apps, but I was willing to be on them, but they're really just lame and depressing. And I'm sick of saying, Hey, to a thousand people and a thousand people saying, Hey, to me and stupid conversations that go nowhere. So I loved and still love to go out by myself. So I get cute. I don't, it's not like you don't want to look like you're trying too hard, but like I'll put on some cute jeans, a nice little top and maybe some booties, some ankle boots or something. And I sit at the bar. So especially in LA, that's easier to do because there's always people out any night of the week. And I'll just go eat dinner at the bar instead of ordering in or instead of sitting at a table by myself. It's fun because you get to make small talk with the bartender and sometimes they're cute. You just have somebody to flirt with and talk to. And over time, guys or women will see you like by yourself and be like, oh, it doesn't look like anyone's joining her, which kind of becomes an open invitation for them to come sit down next to you. Like I almost always would get approached by a guy or a, um, a guy's friend. It's like, oh, so he's wondering if you're single or can I buy you a drink? You know, be safe, be smart, obviously. Someone would always know where I was. So text a friend or a family member and be like, hey, I'm going to this bar. I'm going to this restaurant uh, for the next hour or two just to get a bite solo, hang out um, and people watch. And go into it without any expectations. Like, I was never trying to bag anybody. Um, most of the time, I didn't actually. And sometimes I would politely just rebuff advances because it was more about just having fun and, and hanging out with myself and making small talk and fun convo with whoever just happened to be around. Uh, but I've certainly met people that way, men and women. I've, I've met, you know, acquaintances. We'll connect on Instagram met this real fine dude this one time who looked like Aladdin. <laughs> um, so I would encourage you to do that. And then I would also encourage you to check out the full episode called How to Be Single and Not Just Pretend to Love It from one of my first episodes of Hot Happy Mess. We'll have that in the show notes. And then we have a question from... Lisa Brown J, 1979. And Lisa's not the only one who's been asking this question. It is, are you single? Are you single again? Oh boy, um, this is what I'm gonna say about this. I have learned, I am realizing, like the older I get, the more I value my privacy, which you might think is a little bit ironic considering how much I, I try to be an open book, especially on the podcast. Um, but I really value my privacy. And nowadays, not always. And that doesn't mean I'm not super open in certain ways. But, you know, I used to hear people be like, oh, you think you know me, but you only see what I want you to see or I only share what I want to share. Like, you don't know more about me than I want you to know. And so I'm just at a place where I want to be really intentional with what I share because I'm really trying to protect that area because I am on the path to forever, right? Like, that is what I want. I want lifetime partnership. I want 
um, a husband and children and a family. And as I think about that, especially the family stuff, like I just, my instinct is to be protective of that. And I've seen, especially in recent years, how negative and toxic people can be, haters can be online, especially like the the just pettiness on the blogs and, and comments. And I used to get like, upset or offended, not in any way that like stuck with me, but I would be like, I just don't get it. And then I realized, you know, people can't throw stones at what they can't see. People can't have an opinion about a thing they don't know about. And when people have opinions that offend you or annoy you, you can only be so mad if you're giving them something to talk about, right? There's this quote, I was going to try to look it up, but I don't feel like it. Uh, But what I love about Issa Rae, like she just got married and everybody was like, wait, what? (laughs) So we knew she like had a guy in her life, but she didn't really talk about him a lot. Um, And then she just popped up and was like married, living her best life in the South of France. And I was so here for it. And like one of the captions on her Instagram photos was like, uh, boot up or married to somebody's son, just something super random and chill and understated like her, which is what we love about her and her humor. But what I really love is how private she's been about it. Um, and she said a quote, oh, this is it. I found it. It was during an April 2018 interview with Marie Claire and Ray said she likes to keep her private life private because, quote, I get so much feedback about everything. The one thing I don't need feedback on is who I'm sleeping with, which here, here. Hear ye, hear ye. And then she said in Vogue in February 2019, I don't want any input. As a writer, you put everything on the table. Any other aspect of my life, give me the input. But who I'm, no, I don't need input. I'm good. But I'm here for it. I love it. And like, I'm not that private, but I am trying to be a little bit more intentional and and sort of like slow and steady with the little bits and bobs that I do share. I've heard people say, and I'm sure you've heard this too, like, oh, well, I'm single until I'm married. And I used to be like, oh, what does that mean? Or well, all right, whatever. Um, but I never really gave it much thought. But the older I get, the more I'm giving it thought. Like there's something to be said for it. Like maybe sharing in small doses on Insta stories or things that, you know are fleeting and and temporary. But um, I do kind of like that idea. Like I've started to get more into it. Um, So I say all that to say that I'm keeping those cards a little closer to the chest these days recently, uh, just to make sure that whatever I am building is intentional and can grow and thrive in privacy um, so that when it's public, the foundation is laid and it's strong and it doesn't matter what anybody's trying to say about it or what stones are trying to throw at it because like it's rock solid and it's not really their business. So that's just where I am right now. And that's, that's fluid and it's ever evolving my perspective on and my relationship with uh, talking about my relationship status or who I'm dating or all that stuff. Um, But yeah, so that's that. I hope it answered your question, but if it didn't, that probably also just proves my point. Um, and lastly, okay, I have someone who is asking, what are your thoughts on connecting with someone that you share a mutual ex-boyfriend with? Ooh, 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 ooh. That's a little tricky. Okay, so my thoughts on this are, how close are you and this other person? Like, how many degrees of separation are we talking? I tend to stay away from guys that... Um, 
have like even two degrees of separation from someone that I kick it with at least once a month or once quarterly is just drama I don't need or messiness I don't need. But I also have heard of and I read articles on and cover stories of, you know, celebs and other people who either are super mature or super messy because they'll like date their friend's ex with the friend's blessing. So it's really just about how all parties involved feel. I have some really uh, mature friends who, you know, like they might be dating a guy and then they break up and then the girl comes to her and says, you know what? Like so-and-so, um, John asked me out, but I just wanted to run it by you first. Like, are you cool with that? And then some girl's like, girl, I ain't thinking about that, man. Like anybody worried about that boy, have fun. And then it's like the blessing, but I'm the type of person who wants to get the blessing from someone if they're an actual friend. Oh, wait, I think I'm fully processing your question and it's a little different. Okay, you're saying, what are your thoughts on connecting with someone, like getting romantic with someone that you both have a mutual ex-boyfriend? Oh, live your life. If y'all both dated the same dude and y'all both don't mess with him anymore, y'all can be together now and talk shit about him. It's perfect. Go get your mans. I love that for you. <laughs> All right, you guys. That is it for this episode of Hot Happy Mess. Again, I'm Zuri Hall, and it was nice to just hang out with you one-on-one for a little bit. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to leave a five-star review and keep it coming. Let me know what you guys are loving, what you'd love to hear more of. And don't forget you can follow me on Instagram at Zuri Hall, Z-U-R-I-H-A-O. Slide in my DMs and tell me all the things. And I will talk to you next week. Bye. 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 Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.